And welcome back to another episode of Han Talks First, the Star Wars podcast you're looking for. I'm Han, of course, the host of the show, when we talk about all the latest and greatest things going on in the Star Wars world here. And as the title of this episode suggests, this is my conversation with Darth Chocolate. Now, Darth Chocolate is also a a Star Wars creator. He has his own podcast called The High Ground Podcast, which you can find in the descriptions down below. And then, of course, he's also known as Darth Chaco, and you can find him on YouTube, on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. So let me bring him in, Darth Chocolate himself. Hello, how are you doing? Hey, uh, I'm doing awesome. How are you doing today? I'm doing as good as I can be. I love your little R2 in the back. It looks like you are en route somewhere. <laughs> Where are you off to? Uh, well, obviously, we're heading to Dagobah. I haven't, haven't gotten my training done yet, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. So are you training to be a Jedi Master? Uh, of, of course. I'm going to, well, I'm training to also be a connoisseur of, you know, different colored milks, blue and green, mostly. <laughs> awesome. And, but so you're training to uh, go into those things, but you're also have the title of Darth, which means you're a Sith Lord. When did you get that title given to you? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny because I, I picked the name long, long time ago. Like I've been, I've been Darth Chocolate on uh, like PlayStation for the past like I don't know seven, eight years, something like that. And I started making uh, content and all this stuff, and it it sucks because I you know I was such a big fan of the Sith and stuff. Um, you know, I loved like the Darth Bane book and uh, Plagueis and all that stuff, but my personality still leans towards Jedi and I can't help it. And I like, <laughs> I don't want it, but it's, you know, gotta be true well, to your heart. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, yeah, you, you seem more, you don't seem like a Darth from what I've seen on you and your, your personality, which is so much energy. I love it. Very positive. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on my show. And of course, also by listener demand. So for those of you who has asked, for me to invite Darth Chaco on here. He was gracious enough to bless us with his time. So Darth Chaco, does Palpatine give you a hard time? Is he nice to you? Yeah, he's uh, not the best boss. Hours are tough, and uh, every now and then he'll rip your arms and legs off and throw you on a Ooh. back on Mustafar. But uh, uh, spoilers for Vader 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you're training on Dagobah can help you get back at him someday so anyway welcome to han talks first it is a pleasure to have you here and for any of my listeners and for myself who don't know you all that well i would love to hear first off your star wars story this can be how you got into talking about it online this can be an earliest memory a favorite moment so why don't you tell our listeners what's your star wars story Whew, uh yeah i mean there's there's a few parts to it i mean really i, I kind of fell in love with star wars because my mom is uh, a closet nerd and i had a vhs tape of the empire strikes back 
that I just watched over and over again until the tape broke. But, um, you know, I was always a fan. I was kind of pushed out of the fandom around the prequel era because, you know, I literally thought I was the only person on the planet that enjoyed the prequels. I I, <laughs> uh, I, I was uh, ridiculed quite a bit for enjoying them at all. Um, but in recent times, it's I actually started uh, a job where, you know, I was doing some manual stuff. Um and I ended up having headphones in like most of the day. It was my own business. And so I'd be working on it like 12, 14 hours a day, headphones in, listening to Star Wars audiobooks. And I just cooked my way through all of them. So to date, I'm at like 133 Legends books and I'm caught up on canon novels uh, until this Tuesday when, when Thrawn releases. So I'll be diving <laughs> back into that. But um, after all that, you know, I started the pod, the Star Wars podcast and stuff I would listen to um, and things like that. They'd have questions and I would have the answer to them because this was in, in some obscure book. Like this was covered in Scoundrels by Timothy Zahn or whatever. And uh, yeah, I was like, you know, I should start making content because I feel like I have the qualifications now, you know. Well, that's good. I. Well, you you make great content from what I've seen so far. I saw this one before I listened to any of your your high ground podcast. I did check out the TikTok and I did see you had this. It was a more recent video. It was talking about it was like something about how the fandom and they try to make like I guess buzz buzz headlines and you take like three different things. There are three <laughs> different groups of people and. I thought that was hilarious and it was so it was so clever. So you make you make skits as well and little fun things like that. How did how did that come into your space as well? <laughs> uh that one yeah, that's that was uh my impression of uh, Mike Zero playing Mad Libs to uh That's what it was, Mike Zero. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> it uh cuz it's cuz it's wild out there. Like some of the crazy rumors and stuff that pops up um like I, I just I can't I can't believe it you know, um, but yeah last year, and I, it's funny because I've I've always known I wanted to start making content, but I really haven't uh, until May third of last year is when I joined TikTok, um, and the catalyst for it was uh, there was a thing that was going around on Twitter quite a bit, and the question was how come R two D two didn't just tell Luke that Vader was his father. And I remember it blowing up and everyone's like, oh, this is like the biggest plot hole. I'm sure I can't believe we haven't figured it out. And I was like, it irritated me because I'm like, R2 wasn't around for any Vader stuff. <laughs> right. he, didn't, he didn't see it happen. And so, yeah, that was my very first TikTok was me showing that R2 wasn't around and never ran into Vader. And so R2 likely doesn't know. Uh, but yeah, that's where it all started, it, you know. Well, you would know most about R2 since he's he's your companion on your X-Wing here. So uh, I take your word for it. So so you started the TikTok in May of last year, and which is funny. I think that's around the time I started mine as well. And, you know, we had the pandemic, so everyone was flooding to TikTok to find some things to occupy their time with. And yeah. was that also when you started the podcast or did that come before? Uh, no. So it, it's – I was – wanted to um so i have a couple 
unpopular opinions. Um, so early in the summer, when I had started my, my TikTok, I showed all of my Star Wars rankings. And people were really surprised that the very one, the very bottom one of my list was Rogue One. Um, oh, okay. And so that was, it was a hot take. But I was like, you know what? I, I really want to talk about this stuff with people. So very first episode, I reached out to, um, there's a TikToker called uh, Budget Jason Statham. Um, who did Star Wars content at the time. He now only does political content. He said that it was less toxic. (laughs) (laughs) So he started doing political content during the 2020 election. Uh, (laughs) But um, he was like, yeah, and I'll I'll bring my little brother on. And his little brother is a, a dude named Kev who also makes content. And he forgot, uh, but I spoke to a dude named Kev, and he reached out to J. Kevin Parker, and that was the very first episode. Uh, it was it was pretty interesting because it was just kind of all over the place and messy, but it was a lot of fun to have the conversation. And I was like, yeah, we're just going to keep this thing going. And so we've just been cranking them out. I didn't do an episode last week because I had a, uh, was getting my vaccination, but um, yeah haven't missed an episode and it's just just a blast uh i also have a secondary yes it's a weekly show um and there's also a secondary podcast with me and there's another creator called element seven uh when i joined that was a big inspiration to me now we're good friends and we have a podcast together called dyad in the forest that we do on the weekends as well so now there's two of them very cool. I've I've heard the name Element Seven, and I've heard Diet of the Force podcast. So, I've heard of you guys. So that's really cool to hear. And it sounds like it kind of all just kind of fell into your lap, and you got to be a voice in the community in some way. But it it didn't sound like it was originally a plan to go into all this stuff. It just kind of happened. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It just yeah, it just started stuff. Just started connecting, and I'm having a blast. I'm along for the ride. So we'll we'll see where it goes. Well, good. Uh, yeah, I've, I always say it's important for not just Star Wars lovers, but kind of anyone to start a podcast or just start talking in like a, a chat forum or a, make a community of people because it's important to, you know, be a voice in whatever community or fandom you you are a part of and love. And the more voices, the better. And that's why I try to have as many people on the show as I can. And I see on your archive of of episodes you've done it looks like you've had a lot of guests which leads me to one of my questions i wanted to ask you do you have a favorite moment or a favorite episode that has happened to you since you started doing the podcast uh i have i have a, a couple of them actually um so there's a creator by the name of uh victoria vader and her vader coverage is elite it's beautiful uh i didn't even i knew she did a lot of vader stuff and so i was like you i want to do an episode specifically about vader i'm gonna ask this creator on and the depth that she goes into is just incredible like the whole podcast i'm just sitting there like like (laughs) i couldn't even barely even host it um but since like there's so many creators that have become like really good friends of mine uh, that we're able to to talk and share all the time. We're trying to put together a Star Wars D and D game that we can kind of kind of air. Um, but 
when we did the Mortis arc episode, we did in one episode that's on the Mortis, um, the Mortis trilogy, as well as the World Between Worlds. We were just like, let's we're gonna go deep. This is all lore. It was me, Element Seven, um, Shayla Ren, amazing creator, as well as a, a creator by the name of Mesa Windu. Um, and they're just some of my favorite Star Wars creators that on the app, amazing people that I had a great, great time meeting and we just had this deep conversation. I was just the best. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's, it's nice to meet new people through this, through this platform. So I love that. And I'll continue to check out more of your episodes as we, as we go along. So glad I found you. So let's jump into some of the Star Wars stuff. Cause I know that's why people are here. That's why we want to talk. So I'm going to start off with a little icebreaker. I want to know if you could pick any Star Wars planet to live on, which would it be? Uh, I mean, you really can't. I go back and forth with this question a lot, but you really can't beat Naboo. It's just, it's beautiful. Um, like, you get the, the Italian climate there. Everyone's all artists and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I got to I gotta go Naboo. But part of me also is like, Narshadaw's nightlife is probably popping. So oh, yeah. know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll toss that in there as well. Well, Naboo's a good pick. There, there's a part of me that always wants to say Tatooine, mostly just because of how iconic it is. But then I'm, I think about it, and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do on Tatooine? <laughs> it's just a bunch of sand and you know, maybe a couple bars that I can hang out in. But I think I would want to be on Coruscant because they got a little bit of everything. They got a, they got a nightlife. They got an underworld. They got the uh, the surface level city metropolis area which would be really cool so if i had to pick it would definitely be coruscant but naboo is another great one too i'm going to consider that in the future as well you've been doing talking about star wars for a long time now and one of one of the themes on my show not really a theme but one of the goals that we have at han talks first is to try and break down what makes star wars so iconic and there's so many different answers for that question like tons and i want to ask you for you what makes star wars so iconic and so it sits so much with such a vast majority of people yeah it's it is it's it's not a story it's it's modern day mythology it is you know you you know that there was uh plays and things like that in in ancient greece but like stories like icarus stand to tell the stand the test of time i believe star wars is to definitely to be one of those stories and i think uh the big reason behind it is i mean anything that's coming of age is always is always going to be iconic because it helps people kind of place where they are in the world um but the overall theme is different than what a lot of people uh what what a lot of stories are right it's not someone who becomes a great warrior and seeks out revenge and destroys all of his enemies and takes over right it's he's not like a a he-man type or anything like that this is someone that is learning that um that violence begets more violence and that uh wars do not make someone great you know all of his uh most all of luke's most heroic moments are when he is not acting out of violence it's when he's acting out of love and 
you know, harmony with things around them. And I think that really resonates with people. It's a, uh, it's yeah, it's just an interesting turn on the story. And then you have, you know, kind of the opposite example of, of the prequels. Um, it, it also characterizes people with, uh, with emotion, right? We have Anakin yeah. as a truly emotional person, just like Luke is. And it's a two-edged sword, you know? Um, so understanding the balancing act, I think gives this story just a lot of depth that, you know, it, on the very, on the very surface, it's a very simple black and white, like a new hope, very simple story. The heroes in all white, the bad guys in all black, like it's good versus evil. And then as you get to the next episode, it starts to muddy the waters a little bit. And then the final one, like it starts out simple and it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And there's always more that you can find in it. And I think that's why it's, that's why it's still around. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, the mythology, the, the everlasting story, the hero's journey, and also the Dharma understanding the, the nature of our reality and why, why we work kind of what, George Lucas says in like almost every interview, he studied anthropology, which is kind of the study of what humans like motives are and things like that. And that's a big part of Star Wars as well. And I'm glad you mentioned Luke and his 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 emotions and how he doesn't he learns to not act out of uh, either fear or anger or hatred. And then he learns throughout the the movies. And I have a question for you regarding that. So in the original trilogy. Obi-Wan is constantly telling Luke to go and kill Vader to, and then kill the emperor. And if not kill Vader, then just kill the emperor, but do something, get him out of here. And for me, I see that as a test to Luke that he's testing Luke to, to be like, Hey, let's see if this kid can act out of haste or if he can take some time and be mindful and then think about his decisions and then go forward and, he ultimately does, but from the point of view of Obi-Wan, when you're watching it, at least when I was a kid, I didn't get that vibe that he was testing Luke then, but it was more of just Vader did him wrong in the past, of course, being his ex-student and stuff, and he just wanted him him gone. But as I grew up, I kind of thought of it as he was testing Luke to see if he would act out in the same way that Anakin did. But then there's also a part of me that believes like that would kind of be a waste of of, of resources with Luke being another chosen one in a way. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that specific topic. Hmm, it's interesting. I actually never took it that way. Um, I always took it. And I mean, this is partially just because I'm including the prequels and the entire thing mm -hmm. as the, the Jedi were wrong. Um, that if uh, you know, a young boy looking at his father, can overlook the fact that his father has done some terrible things. That's, and that's real. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a real thing. Uh, people that were around for it, people that were as well as peers, they're not going to be able to see past that. They're not going to see, you know, the, the good. And so it speaks to like um, a purity in, in his nature that, you know, we can all get to that, um, anyone that that your past doesn't define you really like you can always make the choice to do better 
right now doesn't absolve you of all the crap right. you did in the past um but i really always saw as they honestly thought that the only way forward is to kill vader and to kill the emperor and that that's what they were going to train this this boy to do and that the jedi were wrong then that was a, a holdover from their old belief system that that's wrong and i always liked it as a um you know, uh, teaching Yoda a final lesson, you know, was yeah, where Yoda is telling him, you know, wars don't make someone great, but also go kill that guy. And, right. you know, Luke out Jedi Yoda in the end. And that's how he won. That's how I always kind of thought about it. Definitely. I, I totally see that way too. And it, it's something for me, like, you know how when, someone asks you the question, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? And it kind of changes over time or some, for some people by the day, it changes by the day, depending on what you've experienced recently. It's kind of one of those things where you can kind of change the way you view these movies over time as well. And especially when you were mentioning, you know, the past doesn't determine who you are. We saw that a lot in the sequels. So I wanted to know from you, are you more of a What's your go-to as far as the trilogies go? Are you a prequel guy, original, or sequel guy? Um, uh, well, sorry. One one thing I do have to there's there's a hanging thread that I touched on way back that I didn't oh, finish. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to, to bring back up uh, because what you're saying about you know your list changes, and that's absolutely true. You know, I said I had Rogue One at the very bottom of my list, but on the High Ground podcast, I had people on and when i pick a topic i have people that love that thing and we go deep into why they love it you know what it means to them and all this stuff and then i'll rewatch it afterwards so after doing that with rogue one it jumped up uh several spots still fairly low but it really did jump and that's how all of these movies are that's why i love these conversations because it you can watch these things through fresh eyes each and every time which it's really cool um as far as go-to's it's uh, as far as far as errors go, I'm a, a prequel fan. Um, that's kind of where I, I live, but it's um, it's confusing to say because on average, the prequels are the lowest <laughs> if you average them. But, you know, the extra benefit of the Clone Wars really boosts them, you know, overall in, in their concept. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big prequel guy as well. I think I lean more towards the original trilogy because A New Hope is very near and dear to my heart. But as far as like go-tos, the prequels are just so much fun and so much visually stimulating. And I love I love it so much, especially watching that, like going from Revenge of the Sith immediately to watching A New Hope, that transition. I think George did a great job mm-hmm. uh, considering you know, uh, kind of the backlash and stuff. He really put a lot of work into that third movie, which was, which was fantastic. And so you mentioned a rogue one is one of your least favorites. So do you have a favorite? Do you have a number one at this time? I do. I do. Um, for a long time, number one was, um, uh, for a long time, my number one was Empire Strikes Back, right? Because I mean, that's the default. I, I love that movie, and that's the first Star Wars movie that I got into. Uh, slowly, though, The Last Jedi has crept from number four 
to number one. Uh, number four. Wow. What happened there? Just subsequent watches. And, you know, the, the final nail in the coffin was when I finally got to that episode of, of the podcast. And there's, there's a lot of love and lore that went into crafting that movie um, that, that I just love. So you like picked up new things every time you watched it. And then that's what made it creep up to your number one spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, my, my, I mean, my, so my top three is, uh, the last Jedi, uh, empire strikes back and return of the Jedi and, uh, Luke's journey through those and seeing how they echo forward into the future. Plus, you know, you get to see, um, kind of the, the echoes of, of Anakin's, um, of Anakin's journey there as well. Uh, it, and as I get older and I go through things and changes and things that I thought I would never fail at. And I do, I, I appreciate it more and more. Definitely. 100%. And how do you, how do you compare the Skywalker saga films to the anthology series that they've done? And I guess we could also throw in there the Mandalorian as well, because they're kind of two different animals, at least to me, because when I see something like solo or rogue one, uh, for everybody, really, they are very much standalone. And anyone who doesn't know Star Wars can probably watch those and not have to worry about context clues. But um, it's just, for me, Rogue One, when it came out, it was, it was, it was still, you know, off the hype train of The Force Awakens. It was a, a great moment. But I think it got some backlash because casual people, casual theater goers were under the impression this was the second installment of this trilogy and that kind of affected <laughs> like how how i viewed it too because when some people talked about it and they were like i don't know complaining about some things they were like oh they recasted ray i remember hearing that <laughs> and i was like no no this is a completely <laughs> different person <laughs> and, well i mean at some point they've got to stop casting uh petite brunettes with british <laughs> accents i mean right? i don't know <laughs> yeah that that uh that was interesting uh as as to me as well um i did hear some of that backlash but i i do think overall it was looked at very favorably as a film um when i watched it uh, i mean first and foremost i think the the books are my favorite part of star wars i i put them over the films and everything else because nice. okay uh there's just something about the freedom in storytelling where you don't have to worry about, okay, we have to worry about how many showings we can have in a day, meaning the movie can only be this long. Otherwise we can't show it enough and we can't get money and all this stuff. There's no budgetary constraints, no actor constraints. Um, Not only that, but you get to hear people's inner uh, inner dialogue as the story unfolds. And I, I I just think that's priceless. Uh, so that's where where I'm at. Uh, when it came to Rogue One, um, I, I I walked out of the theater a little confused because I felt like they wrote the movie backwards. How um, do you mean? I felt like they wrote the third act and then had to find something to meet up to it. Um, so like I, I feel like they wrote the third act and then they wrote the first act and then they 
wrote the second act and then they changed the second act. like so the whole beginning of the movie to me seemed like it was heading towards an interesting path about kyber crystals um yeah you know jen gets a kyber crystal around her neck they go to jedi where they're mining kyber crystals that's how she meets Jared Mway. you know the strongest hearts have a, a heart of kyber and then all of a sudden the plot shifts and that thread is never picked back up and right. so I was always confused about the, you know, he put a flaw in the Death Star because it's like, well, the Death Star is largely designed in episode two when he saw the superstructure built in episode three. And so it feels like, you know, but we know there was extensive reshoots and things like that. That's what I think it was, is them inserting that plot point into the film. Um, but I'm not behind the scenes. I couldn't tell you that. But as someone that likes to, I like to write myself. That's something that I pick up on immediately. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I see that too. And there was another thing about Rogue One that uh, kind of didn't sit well with me over time. And that was, that was the main characters, um, especially Andor and Jin, which upon first viewing, I loved because I love those actors. And then as I kept watching the film, I realized that, man, especially Jin, she really didn't do anything. And then they announced that Andor was going to have a show. And I remember being like, really? Out of all the people <laughs> you could pick, you're going to do one on Andor? And of course, now as, as we're getting more details on it and hearing things, I'm starting to grow to that idea. But you know, just the characters in that were really weak to me. The ones that stood out were the one played by Donnie Yen and mm-hmm. his counterpart. I can't remember their names in the film, though. I think it was. Yeah, it's it's Hades. it's Chariot and and uh, and Hayes. Um, yes. But so so it sounds like we're, we're on the same page because after I walked out of the film, I couldn't remember anyone's name. Uh, and I I think that's that's a, a bad sign. I am really excited about Andor though because I think um, uh, he probably has a really interesting story being that his family fought on the separatist side um from yeah. a young age and we've never we've never gotten that story we have no idea what things were truly like for the people on on that side you know we got a little bit with lux Bonteri and the clone wars but um not much and so hopefully we can see like kind of this darker spy thriller type type show um but people did kind of point out to me how um in jen's story specifically right we've run into her and she's already in prison all this stuff she just doesn't care like she has become hardened over all the war destruction and death and all this stuff um so yeah she didn't care to join or anything because she's like this is just going to happen whether we do anything or not and seeing her eventually make a speech about hope like she seeing a glimmer like through this the the haze of this war um is is cool to me it's something i completely missed until i had that that episode um so i i appreciate it more now like i said still not super high in the list yeah definitely uh real quickly then uh for solo as far as that movie uh what do you what are your thoughts on that for me i A lot of people say it's like a a bad movie, like it's an awful, it's terrible filmmaking. I disagree with that sentiment. I think it's not an enjoyable movie. I don't think it's a bad movie, but it's definitely not a good movie to me. I certainly don't, I can't get through it, (laughs) but I see parts of it, such as 
Um, Donald Glover's Lando is amazing. I love it. I think yeah. Alden did a great job, but he wasn't a good Han Solo. And parts of the story for me were just kind of like, I don't need this. I don't need these Easter egg fill in the plot holes of how he got like dice or his name, which was ridiculous and things like that. So I would love to know your thoughts on Solo. It was uh, an ambitious idea of a movie that we just didn't need. Um, <laughs> like uh, there, as soon as it was announced, I was like, not Obi-Wan, not uh, like there's. I said the same thing, not Obi-Wan. <laughs> I said the same thing. Uh, but you know i actually do like it as a i because i feel like it was a proof of concept uh and they were like i i I almost feel like they're like okay we know they're gonna want obi-wan but we don't know if this needs to be a show or a movie let's let's try this let's try this movie thing uh we'll see if it works or whatnot and that's that's kind of how i feel it went because yeah it's it was something no one was asking for um although we got lando and that's yeah, that was my favorite part as well. Um, there was a few comedic parts that I think were just gold. Like, you know, when Chewie gets in the shower with Han and he's like, really? Was- <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, again, it's it's a popcorn movie. And I think, yeah. you know, Star Wars has both. And that's kind of why sometimes it's, it's jarring. Uh, I can watch... I could, I could honestly watch Solo more than I could watch The Last Jedi because to me The Last Jedi is like steak, and Solo is like a burger. You know what I mean? Like you can toss it on while you're doing other things, folding clothes or whatever. You can, you know, dip out for a bit. Yeah. Um. There's there's some films like Empire where if it's on, that's my focus. That's where where I'm at. So yeah. Uh, again, I don't think it was the best you know film but it's like you know i watched the new mortal Kombat movie it's not going to win any oscars but i i got exactly what i thought i was going to get from it that new mortal Kombat, i had so much fun with it way exactly. better than i thought it was going to be you're right it's not going to win any awards but wow that was so much fun and it just brought me back to when i was a kid playing that game you know it was so great exactly you know and there's no time to be like wait he doesn't speak any English, so why did he say get over here? No, doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that is funny. That's great. Yeah, I I hope they I hope they get enough people watching it that they can do a sequel to that at least because that would be. Mm, Hopefully, it's better than the sequel to the first one. Oh, the, the claymation dragon fight. <laughs> you really want to go there, Jesus? You want to go there? Mortal Kombat <laughs> Annihilation. <laughs> So back to Solo, it was the first movie, first Star Wars movie that I ever went to premiere night and there was five people in the theater, five people. And I, I'm, in, I'm in Los Angeles. There should be <laughs> a bunch of Star Wars fans there <laughs> opening night. And it, that was what was so weird to me. And I think that might have affected my viewing experience because normally when we, me and you, all of the listeners, when we go see Star Wars, we go opening night with all the fans and we're screaming and yelling and having a good time meeting new people. And that night I didn't get that same star Wars communal experience that I'm used to. And I think that also affected how I viewed the movie, which is kind of a shame, but interesting to think about when we're talking about that, that theme of um, iconography with star Wars. And a part of that is 
the community, the fan base, regardless of how toxic some people think there are. There's good parts. There's really good parts. And, and that's the good something parts, we've talked about a lot. The good parts are the best part of any fandom, bar none. And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, The Force Awakens was greatly boosted for me personally by um, me going to Star Wars Celebration 2015. I was there when the trailer for it dropped for the first time oh, and I'm met all these people. Um, and, like, you know, there's, yeah, there's just these feelings about. And, Solo had everything against it. Everything it was already a concept that uh, we we didn't really need, right? So the excitement was obviously lower than than a mainline film already. Um, there was backlash from the Last Jedi, of course. There was proximity to the Last Jedi for potential Star Wars fatigue. There was all the rumors. I mean, we know how there was a lot of difficulties in the production and. You know, the previous director, like he said, he felt like he was Ace Ventura <laughs> while acting. Uh, so they had to come in and reshoot a lot of the film. Uh, there was almost no marketing push. The first commercial for it didn't come out until Super Bowl Sunday. Um, right. And it was sandwiched in between like Infinity War and Deadpool 2 and like all this other. It had everything going against it. But I think the greatest thing that came from it was. Since this failed as a film, we had two movies rumored in the pipeline, which was a Kenobi movie and some untitled Mandalorian film. Both of those are turned into TV shows, which I think is a better medium. Oh, you do? Okay. I, I've said before that I I prefer I prefer the movies over television, but that's only because I'm not I don't watch a lot of television. But mm-hmm. I do you say that because you see more time to sit with characters and more time to focus on characters rather than a story like because with movies you got to do a story and it's really quick less time with characters so is that kind of why you feel tv is more important yeah yeah exactly you just, you just get more time to develop you know i'm about the character development and their interactions with each other more than i am about big action set pieces um i think the films are great for big action set pieces but the smaller screen is great for just developing like deep character stuff there there was a moment though in the mandalorian season two it was it was the first episode of season two with the crate dragon Mm -hmm. i remember when they first go up to that that cave that he was living in the the dragon and if you remember the aspect ratio changes from wide to full screen yeah and i remember sitting there watching that being like i wish i could see this in a theater and i kind of hope they do like if theaters are back and running by the time and you know back to normalcy that they do like a re-release of like watch a couple episodes of mandalorian before season three drops you know i think that'd be really cool something like that I, I would love that as well. I mean, they did that with a few episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, and yeah, that first episode, I think, would be amazing for it. Also, the, the Jedi uh, episode. Um, yes. Yeah, I, absolutely. But like for, for me, like Mando season two specifically, um, I think there was a, a lot of extra fat on this season. Um. Meaning that you know we, we didn't we didn't develop Din as much as we probably could or should have. I felt like a lot of it was introducing other characters for other storylines in the future. Definitely. Um, 
and so we'll, we'll have to see if it all if all, if it all pays off. But like the amount of development Din as a character got in just the second to last episode by itself, I felt yeah. was more than the rest of the entire season combined. You know, I agree with that. Yeah, that this this flagship series is definitely a they're using it as a uh, kind of a turnpike so they can introduce new characters and start new TV shows and spinoffs. And with that said, I know we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask you for the new Star Wars that was announced uh, four months ago at Investors Day and anything since then that's been announced. What are you most looking forward to and why? I know that's a tough question, but if you if you could only pick one to to watch and or be a part of, like to help make it, what would that be? Well, if I can only pick one, I'm going the Acolyte. Um, and Star Wars canon, we have very little, like, true dark side stuff. And this is promising that. Uh, I think the High Republic has been great so far. It's it, I'm certain it's going to become my favorite era. I'm, I've been really enjoying the books. This is the tail end of that. Uh, also, it's something that we don't really know fully what to expect. And I think Star Wars is at its best when it gets weird. And I, you know, like if we had more Eye of Webbish Bog, like on the big screen or whatever, uh, I think that would just be really cool. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with the Acolyte. How about well, yourself? Well, for, first of all, I like what you said about Star Wars is weird and let's keep doing weird things because you're you're right. It's something that we've grown used to now. But in the first one, there's a walking carpet. There's a vacuum cleaner as the bad guy. There's blue milk. There's all this. There's a two robots that like bicker at each other all day. It's weird, but we've grown used to that. And the more the more weird stuff we introduce, that's what makes it Star Wars too. And a, a tiny Muppet shows up in the second film. Yeah, exactly. You're like exactly a little uh, a Grover pops up. I think <laughs> I think Frank Oz also did Grover. Is that right? I think so. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. So, I, but I guess for me, well, it's interesting. The last guest I had on my show was Christina Ariel from the High Republic show. And she also said Acolyte. And she believes there will be extreme tie-ins with the book. So that's another thing for readers to look forward to is we'll have a bunch of Easter eggs in that show as well. But for me, it's definitely Obi-Wan. As a, as a kid, the prequels were were so much to me uh i had all the toys and the ones i played with the most were <laughs> most especially jar jar binks darth vader obi-wan kenobi and mace windu and mace windu is my favorite jedi of all time actually but those four characters meant a lot to me and now we're getting a show with one of them and it's also one of my favorite actors ewan so yeah and it's it's a like solo this is an ambitious project to tackle too because of the timeline it takes place in because you know mostly for ewan uh, as far as going into that character again because he has to make that full transition from prequel obi-wan to original trilogy obi-wan and i bet he's gonna have a blast doing that and i'm sure yeah. he's studying tons of alec guinness movies right now and we've seen photos of him training in the gym he's probably gonna have a lot of action so yeah and Hayden's back, and um, the guy who played Owen, I can't remember his name, um, and Aunt Beru is back. I'm excited uh, for that. 
I, I'm very excited for that. Uh, also, um, I, the Legends uh, Kenobi book by John Jackson Miller is a really good read. And they canonized a character in that book. Uh, a Tusken Raider hunter named Plug Eye was canonized oh, cool. in from a certain point of view. Um, and you can tell because she she has a, a red gem as one of her eyes. And I think she's going to be in it, and hopefully they can bring in some of those storylines because it's a it's an incredible journey from someone who has been a savior to the galaxy for so long, and yeah. has to sit back and watch like he can save people, but if he saves them, he's going to bring too much notoriety to himself, and he's going to lose the actual mission that he's on, and that's going to be an interesting journey for him while dealing with all the PTSD from. Uh, from Anakin yeah I can't wait for that as well and tons of other great stuff coming as well not just those shows but tons we got we're going to be spoiled in the next coming years so I'm excited and we are we have run out of time which is a shame because I really enjoy talking to you Um, but real quick uh, tell my listeners where they can find you and follow you and any other projects you may have coming up that you want people to know about uh, yeah, I'm I'm Darth Choco uh, everywhere. It uh, like I said, it used to be Darth Chocolate, and um, I couldn't get that name on TikTok, and that's kind of what took off. So my website is still DarthChocolate.com, but um, yeah, uh, t- on Twitter I'm Darth Choco Seven. Um, on TikTok Darth Chocolate, uh, sorry, TikTok Darth Choco. Uh, YouTube, Darth Chaco. I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff there. I uh, have uh, two podcasts, a high ground podcast, as well as Diet and the Force. Um, you know, one of them is kind of evergreen content. The other one is always like up to date stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm also been on, on Nerd Theory. Uh, I don't know how much longer I'll be on there, but that's, that's fun as well. But just love talking Star Wars. So yeah. Yeah. Thank well, you so cool. much for having me. Oh, it was my pleasure, and thank you so much for your time. All the links that he just said you can find in the description of this podcast, either on the YouTube, on the Facebook, or on the whatever podcast app of choice you're using. You can find it there. And um, thank you so much for everyone who's listened to the show, and those of you who recommended I meet with Darth Chaco. I'm so glad we got a chance to meet, and hopefully we can do this again, because I had a lot of fun, and we can have you on a live show sometime. And um, I'm going to let I'm going to let Darth Chaco take us out and just the outro for today's show and now somehow some way somewhere this week may the force be with you <laughs>